the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes, because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. And welcome to Education America, where we are taking steps to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Come along with us every Saturday night here on AM 1280 The Patriot from 6 to 6.30 p.m., where K-12 education is the playing field. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, so succinctly stated, he said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. I'm Mark Durkin, joined again by my co-host and founder of Liberty Classical Academy, Rebecca Hagstrom. How are you, Rebecca? Good evening. I'm very well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. It's getting cold. All the leaves are just above the trees, and the raking has commenced. We got spoiled with all that warm fall weather, and it kind of deceived us as as to how quickly it's coming up on true winter. That's right, and when it comes, (laughs) it comes quickly. (laughs) Well, it is the end of October, and that means this coming Tuesday, November the 2nd, school board elections will be happening all across the state of Minnesota. And for the last three weeks, Candidates for school boards in different parts of the Twin Cities Metro have joined us here on Education America to discuss who they are, why they're running for school board seats, and the challenges that their districts are facing. And if you haven't had the chance to tune in recently, we invite you to check on these candidate interviews on our website at savetheclassroom.com to get yourself up to speed on the issues that are facing a variety of school districts here across the Twin Cities. Yeah, that's right. And tonight, we have two more candidates joining us who are running for school board seats in separate school districts. Matt Audette is running for school board seat in District 11, the Anoka-Hennepin Public School District, and Mark Grundahl is running for a school board seat in District 197, the Mendota Heights Public School District. Thank you both for joining us here tonight. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Great. Well, Matt, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then why you decided to run for the Anoka-Hennepin School Board? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm a dad. I've got uh, two children in the Anoka-Hennepin School District. Mm-hmm. I'm also a conservative. I'm a veteran, and I'm a community leader. Mm-hmm. And I got involved with school boards um, really really last year when uh, our school district forced our children into district learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I what became, does that mean? District learning. Forced your kids I'm into sorry, district I, learning? Distance learning. Distance learning. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. um, so so a, a large group in the community formed on Facebook, uh-huh. and um, I, I became a leader of that group, and uh, it grew to over 6,000 people. Wow. And what we were trying to do was to you know work with the school district to get our kids back into school, sure. and we worked on it all year, and uh, we really weren't getting anywhere, and a lot of parents, um, as we as we discussed and tried to strategize on that, we, we all realized that we needed to get representation on the board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started to think about running 
which is something that uh, required me to do a lot of praying. Yeah. yeah. But uh, but ultimately, <laughs> I made a decision to to run for the school board to represent parents in the area who who felt like I did. Good, yep. good, good for you to take that step because it is a big step to say you're going to run and put yourself out there that way. No doubt. Mm-hmm. And we'll turn our attention here yeah. to Mark Rondahl, who was yep. a candidate again in District 197, rather, Mendota Heights. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners. You believe that a school board should be a set of people with diverse skills uh, working toward a common end of improving education options for the kids. What skills you know, do you bring to a, to a school board? Well, a little bit about myself to, to start with. Uh, Mark Rondahl, I'm running for school board 197. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a father. Um, I'm a member of the 197 school district. I have three kids. Mm-hmm. I have two kids in private school and, and a one-year-old at home. So mm-hmm. that's uh, – mm-hmm. no, I did not get any sleep last night. <laughs> um, you know, and our one-year-old, I fully expect to go to, you know, Somerset Elementary, our, mm-hmm. our neighborhood school, right? Yeah. We We certainly – looked at matching the kids to the schools, mm-hmm. and so that's what we did, and we would make that same decision with, with, with Claire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was on the school, co- school council uh, for my kids' school for three years. I did finance, um, the budget, okay. tuition changes, playground upgrade, the uh, yearly fundraising. Um, so we were very, very active in, in my kids' school at that mm-hmm. time. My wife was the same way. She's an interior designer. She does a lot of stuff, and she used her skills and talent and resources to help them out. Sure. Um, from a community perspective, I coached 10-plus seasons um, in Mendota Heights Athletic Association for mm. soccer, baseball, softball, and, and basketball mm. um, for both my son and daughter. I fully expect to do that for Claire. Yeah. Um, and then I was a Cubs, Cub Scout den leader um, mm. for five years with my son with Pinewood Derby and camping yeah. and hiking <laughs> and other fun stuff, right? Yeah. So we, for, for both of those, we had public school. We had private school kids. We have homeschool kids mm-hmm. um, for all of that, right? So right. it was – we are a community, and so it becomes really important for everyone in the community to come in together and make the community better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, some of the skills I bring to the to the table are finance, accounting, and budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a data guy, um, mm-hmm. for better or worse, if you will. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I'm great at cocktail parties, if I'm, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but I, I look at data. I look at. I've been doing it for 30 years, um, so I I know how to look at data. I know how to look at it. From many angles, mm-hmm. and if it tells a story, if it tells two stories or three stories, then I can I can see them. Sure. Um, and obviously, with mask masking and vaccine type things, I think there's that data is not easy to look at. It's not easy to look at every study. It is difficult to interpret that without politics involved, and I can do that without politics involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what is the best for the kids? What is the best for holistically, um, not just one way, not just what, another way. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's a very important topic right now. And I mean, you know, as you said, Matt, that was actually part of what, well, actually the main reason you ended up involved in the local school board election is because of these mask mandates and, and the fact that they weren't opening the schools. And so I think that that has activated a lot of parents across the country. And uh, the National School Board Association, as we know, is not too happy about that, though they retracted their letter. Yes. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those, oh, whoops, I guess mea culpa, we went too far. We got in trouble. We better, we better walk that back. But I doubt that their views have really changed. Um, so... Even more so, I think it's important for parents to be involved right now in our national, uh, in our on a national level at the local school board right. um, elections. Mm-hmm. Let's turn our attention back to Matt Audette again, a uh, candidate for District Eleven, the Anoka Hennepin Public School District. You know, being on a school board is becoming increasingly difficult. Uh, we're seeing the emotions that are uh, coming forth from parents, righteously angry at a lot of these school board meetings. 
big part of that, of course, is uh, vaccine uh, mandates and masks. You know, with crowds as large as several hundred at recent Anoka Hennepin School Board meetings, the board, they must be feeling some pressure from the community. Why, why are you qualified to serve and how will your qualification equip you to lead in that type of environment? Yeah, well, there's no doubt that the board is feeling pressure right now, and, and you know, in my opinion, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, as for me in terms of my qualifications, I have nearly 25 years in business management and leadership mm-hmm. experience. Um, I'm currently a director of supply chain at a local company, and um, in the past year, year and a half, um, most recently, we've all heard about supply yes, chain. Yes, say Biden and so, administration right. might need your help. Though. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, sometimes we think of ourselves as miracle workers, but always as problem solvers because that's really what our day is. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, I have an MBA and an undergrad in finance. And, uh, you know, leadership is just something that I've done going back to, you know, my days in elementary school and, and beyond. I started my career as an Army officer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on active duty, and um, I served overseas in, in Bosnia at the time. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I think these things, in, in addition to being a father, have, have really prepared me well. They've served me well in my career, um, you know, leading and managing people. And, you know, when it relates to the board, um, I think that business experience, that parenting experience, and just lifelong leadership, um, you know, is 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 going to equip me to be able to sit there on the board and um, and support the community by making you know tough calls, but being you know honest about it mm-hmm. up front. Um, mm-hmm. That's been something I've tried very hard to do in my campaign Good. is to let people know where I stand. Mm-hmm. And I do realize that means that maybe everybody won't vote for me as a result mm-hmm. of that. But I just believe it's important for people to know you know who's leading them and why. Mm-hmm. And um, I intend to carry that forward, you know, if I'm elected throughout my service on the board as well. Yeah, that's good. I'm hearing really the word transparency. You yep. are transparent about who you really are. Yep. And I do wish that every politician was more transparent <laughs> about who they really are. Uh, that is a problem. So good for you to to not be afraid, not not be afraid of doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Mark, how about you? Um, there's been much discussion on the performance of the schools in your district. What is your position on the quality of education for all? You know, I think the, the key word there is all, right? Mm-hmm. And right. so looking at test scores, looking at college you know, entrances and otherwise, you know, two rivers, the, the high school in our uh, district, um, the top third, top quarter really seem to do okay. Mm-hmm. Right, they have their AP courses, their calculus courses, their science courses. They they seem to be well prepared for their for their next stage, which mm-hmm. is generally college bound, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have this third or half mm-hmm. that seem to get left behind, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're they may or may not be academic. Um, they might be very skilled with with their hands and otherwise, and they may not need calculus for their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So, what are we doing for for that? third or half of the of the population, which in out of four hundred and fifty kids is two hundred plus kids, mm-hmm. right? It's a it's a large number of, of individuals. Uh, we were at the open house. We have we have a new high school, right? It was okay. it's strongly renovated and we went down and saw their kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it was professional kitchen, beautiful, looked brand spanking new. Uh-huh. And I asked the four juniors out there of how many classes can you take? Because this thing should be utilized constantly. Right. Um, and they said you could take two, a beginning class and an advanced class. I didn't mm-hmm. delve any deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, my thought was, well, why can't you take eight? Right. Mm-hmm. Why can't you take one a semester from freshman to senior year? And all of a sudden you you get real skills, mm-hmm. particularly if you're culinarily desirable, right? right? If, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. couldn't we do that with small engine repair, with um, woodworking, with electrical, with plumbing? Mm-hmm. There, there's this huge 200 kids that 
really could benefit from high school teaching them something, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to being college-bound, which we all know college is incredibly expensive, and many kids come out of there with too much debt. Mm-hmm. And so if you can do something different that mm-hmm. is that you love, that you enjoy, that you can make a career out of, that's where I, that's really where I want to put my, my focus on, mm-hmm. right? That right. third half of the students that seem to be forgotten. Yeah. And if the, all of a sudden they enjoy coming to school, they may do differently. Yeah. Than, than classically when I went to school back in you know last century, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, if you were a one-year-old, you're not, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're not that old. Well, thank you, but, uh, <laughs> but I am. Um, you know, so so that that's mm-hmm. from a quality of education. It's, there's there's these buckets, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and just that third and the half in the middle that seems to be not being served. Mm-hmm. All things considered, you know, back in my day, there was the shop classes. There were the home. We called them home ec mm-hmm. classes. Yeah, I remember those. Um, and I don't remember. You know, I I wasn't. I was college bound, so I only took. I think whatever I was required. I think sure. I was required to take one home ec class. Um, but I don't know how many I could have taken if that had been sure. something that I was passionate about or shop, um, you know, you raise a good point that I think a lot of that has been set aside. I know my husband runs a, a construction company, he's a home builder, and he struggles to find young people who really have a passion for going into carpentry and um, and really developing those skills. And as we know that there's, there's shortages of employees all around the country, but particularly in the trades. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I, I don't think I wonder, I think it's pretty obvious that because we haven't really been emphasizing that in the high schools for the last probably 25 years or more, um, it's really affected then the outcome of the number of kids that would actually go into the trades. Um, we've kind of lost that that joy around the trades. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you raise a good point. And um, yet we still want them to have a well-rounded education. I hope that you would agree with that, that even if they're oh, going do. to yeah. go into the... Absolutely. Yes. We still want them to be good citizens. Correct. It's yeah. not just one. It's all. It's, yeah. it's holistic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. And Mark, I'll, I'll just ask this question to you as well. You know, many parents in the district, they, they don't want the school teaching certain topics to the kids, you know. So in this approach of having this all-around holistic education, you know, why do you see parents' choices as being very important in the, uh, the formation of their child's education? Well, I, I think parents are intended to raise their kids, and the school is intended to teach their kids. Mm-hmm. So if there are topics that are political or at least divisive, then right. let that be taught at home from mm-hmm. your parents, from your friends, from people that love you, mm-hmm. right, at the end of the day. That, that I think, is where it, it fits. We've done that for forever. There's yeah. things that are fit for school and there's things that are fit for fit home. For home right. Correct. And so there's so so that um, parental choice also comes in again with the masks and the and the vaccines, right? Why yes. can't you know, we have rights, mm-hmm. right? As parents, we have kids and we are supposed to guide them in the best we can. Um, if you look at some of the numbers from from the vaccine, right? We're at 70 Dakota counties at mm-hmm. 76% as of a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, from 12 and over, 76% are already vaccinated. Wow. And so it, you know, it's a pretty I, high number. It's a really high number. And, and at one point, <laughs> right. that would have been really, really close right. to herd immunity. Right. And now I know they keep moving the number. Yeah, they keep moving um, the number. Mm-hmm. But slowly over, and that's over six months, right? Yeah. And so so the uptake is quick. And then you add, from, from what I saw on, on the numbers, yeah. um, you add about 1%, 2% per month, and it, and it trickles in a, at the end. So mm-hmm. if you're at 80%, if you're getting up to 85%, and, and I'm assuming the 12 and unders will, will do the same, right? Mm-hmm. That the parents will choose what they want to do. Um, then all of a sudden it's like, well, if you get 80%, why are you mandating something? Right, right. Um, other, 
you know, if, if you look at the vaccines that are required at this point, there's still a conscientious objection. Yes, there um, is. But there's and, not to this one. You know, it, I, I haven't huh? heard it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is correct. And mm-hmm. so, and, and that not is in the for, employer realm anyway. Go ahead. Well, pardon mm-hmm. me. There, there isn't, there's no discussion of it, right? right? It seems mm-hmm. like you have to get it or you aren't getting it. And mm-hmm. so there's, there's no middle ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and from a high school perspective, there's, there's always going to be this set of individuals that aren't going to come to school. If you have a mandate, you're going to have some kids that won't get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And so what are you going to do with them? If you don't have the mandate, you're going to have some people that don't want to come to school. So what are you going to do with them? Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes the maybe not distance learning because to me that implies a teacher, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's computer-based independent learning so that you know, our, our attitudes of colds and flus and going to work and going to school have changed. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So mm-hmm. if you're staying home with a cold, if you're staying home with the flu, you should have your computer and you can, your parents can help you, your older siblings can help you. And all of a sudden you can continue going on right. with your, with your schoolwork as if you were at school. Mm-hmm. It isn't as good, but it is another way to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know, I think we may have neglected to share that in your district, having mandates for students themselves is something that is a big topic of conversation. Now, I don't know if that's true in every district. Is that true in Anoka Hennepin? Are they talking about mandating that kids would get vaccinated they for schools? They haven't talked about that yet. They have not. No. Okay, so that's good. But in your district, they are talking that way, correct, uh, Mark? There was a question at one of the forums, mm-hmm. and eight of us were there's nine people running for, for school board here um, in 197, and two of us that were there said we would not put in a mandate for vaccines. Right. And six said they would put it in the day after it got FDA approved. Wow. A mandate. Wow. Um, wow. They, they didn't explain that exactly what that meant. What do you what do with kids that, like? that don't right. get it? What's the timing and so on? Yeah. Um, one thing I'd mentioned is chickenpox. Yeah. The chickenpox vaccine was approved in 1995. Mm-hmm. It was 21 years, 2016, before it became part of the vaccine regimen. Wow. 21 they waited years. that long. Yeah, not to one make day. Sure. Mm-hmm. But 21, 21 years. years. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying that. I had not heard that. That's good information. Yeah. So, Matt, um, the administration and the school board in District 11 have said that CRT, critical race theory, is not in the curriculum in Anoka and Hennepin School District. Can you talk about critical race theory and how it really does present in Anoka Hennepin? And, you know, what is the main issue in your district regarding CRT? Yes. So, um, so yes, those were careful words uh, yes. that I think the district used when they said it's not in our curriculum. Right. And I, but we, but we know that it's it's definitely deep in the district um, through staff developmental training, mm-hmm. and through the district's equity plan, which was developed in conjunction with a group that uh, that is you know CRT focused. Mm-hmm. And is that so, by any chance um, Equity Alliance? I, I don't believe so. Sure. It's a okay. different, different one. Different group. Okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, so the district has come out, the administration has, has used those words and said that it's not in our curriculum. And there are members of the community have backed that up to say, you know, who is this? Why are they talking about this? Um, they say that it's a right-wing talking point and that critical race theory is a graduate school course that's, you know, not even appropriate to be taught in high school. But through this staff developmental training, they teach teachers how to run anti-racist classrooms. And then the teachers, they put that into, you know, their everyday approach to the classroom. So if they're teaching math or science, uh, they're applying, you know, these various principles of critical race theory into it, talking to children about it. And um, so, you know, the community, as we as we all were in distance learning last year, 
uh, lots of parents started to notice these things and talk about it. And um, there's a lot of concern. Um, it's it's as I'm out on the campaign trail, uh, there there are doors that I knock. I can't even hardly get my introduction out. People just want to know where do you stand on critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, if I tell them that I'm opposed to it, uh, there are people that say we don't we don't even need to talk anymore. It's a done yeah. deal. I'll wow. vote for you now. Wow. So a wow. lot of concern with mm-hmm. parents and with uh, residents in the in the area. And um, you know, like I I had mentioned to you earlier, several several hundred parents showed up at a recent school board meeting to talk about that issue and about uh, mask mandates. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've been at the last three school board meetings. There have been a group of people there every time talking about these issues. Mm. So, Hmm. you know, I think for the school board, being transparent is something that they need to work on in these topics. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a a thought that I've had is if if we think that what we're doing is right, uh, we shouldn't feel the need to hide it. Right. And um, I've Mm -hmm. I've never lived my life that way. When I I know I'm doing the right thing, I don't need to hide. Right. Right. And so these are things we need to to work on in our district. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. And Matt, I want to revisit again. We touched a little bit on vaccine mandates, how they're not uh, necessarily being mandated in Anoka-Hennepin, but masks specifically. um, They've been mandated in your district for K through 6, from what I understand, whenever the local case count per 10,000 people reaches 15 or or higher. You know, talk a little bit more about how people, how your constituents are feeling about the approach that's being taken by the school district to manage uh, through this whole COVID period when it pertains to masks. Yeah, well, the the mask mandate that was proposed has made has been something that has really made people angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, I mentioned critical race theory. The second question I get is, where are you at on all of these mandates for COVID? Sure. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think uh, there's there's just this strong sense among among all of us of of the idea of of personal liberty and yes. freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, well, I think it's appropriate for the district and the government to try to educate people on on these issues, and they they certainly can do that. But when it comes to mandating uh, that people wear masks um, or get vaccinations, for that matter, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's strong uh, feelings about it, and um, you know. For myself, um, I am one of those people who thinks that that parents need to be the one that decides uh, how to how to keep our kids healthy. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've learned a lot about this pandemic. Um, it's clear from the debate that you hear in society that we don't all agree on on the various things that are associated with it. But but the but the public has received enough information to be able to you know make up their own determinations on it or work with their doctor to do it. And mm-hmm. so. Uh, supporting mandates for for vaccines or for masks is something I I don't do, and it, it's um, you know in particular with the mask mandate, um, I'd like to end it immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know whether I'll I'll have the support of the other members of the board to do that, mm-hmm. but um, you know I'm ensuring the community I'll be a vote to end it right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good, 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 good summary of kind of where you stand on those issues. And I think those are, like you say, really, really hot topics all across yep. the country. And your district is no different. Yep. Um, so, Mark, do you agree that schools in District 197 should provide kids with the help they need? Um, how should the kids be helped? This must be a topic in your you know, district. It, it is a topic, right? It, mm-hmm. it it comes in through equity. It comes in through through other places. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, at least, it, it isn't race based, right? If you know, you got that meme out there with the kids looking at the uh, over the fence, looking at the baseball game, right? Yeah. And one kid's tall, so he doesn't need any step yep. stools, and the three kids are different heights, and so they all have they need a different size step stool. Right. Um, 
I'm good with that, right? Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely happy with that. I we've been doing it in some manner, mm-hmm. uh, for at least you know free lunch, free free breakfast, and we have 39 percent that are getting free and reduced lunch. Yeah, wow. uh, in in my in uh, in the mm-hmm. district uh, 197. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are doing it. I don't think you know in practice that's not all of it, right? right. There's counselors. There's um, you know there's English as a second language. Sure. Um, there's there's a lot of things, and and and, and personally, I'm willing to listen to more. Mm-hmm. Right. If there's micro groups that that need mm-hmm. something that as they come in and otherwise, whether that person's from the left, center, right, or mm-hmm. from it's a parent or a grandparent or or a member of the community, if they have a good idea, I, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be nonpartisan and I'm going to lead from a nonpartisan, I need to be able to understand good ideas when I hear them, no matter who they come from. Right. right. Um, and mm-hmm. so listening to and helping the kids where they need help um, is really important. And I think we. We, we've done a good job. We can do a better job, and we can keep doing a good and better job uh, over the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's always, you know, you can always try, try, try. You can always do more. Um, and many of these things, uh, counseling and friends and sports, are, are effectively free mm-hmm. in many cases. They mm-hmm. don't require dollars and money. They require some effort right. um, and some organization, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. To provide the support to the kids that they Correct. need. Correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mark, I want to ask you this, too. You know, back in 2014, you know, then-Governor Dayton, he signed the Safe and Supportive Schools Act into law. And it was stated then that the law was enacted to create a tough new set of rules for Minnesota schools to follow to protect students from being, you know, teased, bullied uh, by their classmates. In fact, back then, Governor Dayton uh, had said this. He proclaimed, nobody in this state or nation should have to feel bad about themselves for being who they are. Uh, many school districts are fractured with division because people on different sides of various issues are feeling bullied from CRT to masks to vaccines. If those divisions exist in District 197, how will you help heal them and what is your position on bullying in schools? And then after you finish, Mark, Matt, feel free to chime in as well too mm-hmm. with your district. Go ahead. Cool. You know, there is a, I'll call it a we versus they, there is a, a division, right? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a political division. There seems to be a public versus private. Again, I send my kids to private schools. I think I have a an absolute reason to go to the school board because you know, three quarters of the graduates are coming out of public school. Right. Um, from a and so we feel on on social media that we are bullied. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I stuttered as a kid. I was bullied as a as a child. K one two three type of thing. Then I grew. Um, and so they're from a bullying perspective, again, we need to try new things, right? Yeah. It's been around for a long time. It's going to be around, but we can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we, whatever we do, we should do more of it. And we should keep trying. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no magic bullet. There's no silver bullet. There's, but how do we get kids to empathize? How do we get parents to notice? How do we get, you know, the bully parents to do something about it uh, in the end, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it's different than razzing, right? That that's a, that's a different thing. My son's friends razz each other, and so so that's yeah. good. But yeah. Bullying, we just need to keep working at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Matt, um, we don't have a lot of time left mm-hmm. here, but do you have anything that you'd like to add um, to that piece? And then we'll very, very quickly yep. uh, let you mention your priorities. We just yeah. e- each of you have about thirty seconds. Okay. Well, I mean, so I mean, it's the politics and the social justice that's that's found its way into schools that's creating this divide. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I wish that schools could understand that. Mm-hmm. It seems that you know people say all the time school boards shouldn't be political. But it seems that the left has made it so that if their position is the default equal is the even spot. And so mm-hmm. if you come in opposed to it, you're being political. 
Yeah. I doubt very much that people would argue at Thanksgiving over math and science type things. It's it's the po- political and social justice things mm-hmm. that's causing the divide. And yep. it's the reason it needs to be out of schools. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Ten seconds you know, for you, Matt. <laughs> you know, the, the, the big thing is or honestly, Mark, no, no problem. Um, the big thing is honestly, you know, most of our votes are seven to nothing, six to one. And I do think that we need to get some diversity of thought on the board. Yes. And I know I think differently than the current seven that are on there. So mm-hmm. if you want diversity of thought, I think you know who you need to vote for. Yeah, very good. So we have Matt Audette from Anoka Hennepin. You can look him up on Facebook or Google, I would imagine. And Mark Grundall, same thing, uh, District 197. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank and you, good luck to you in your races next week. Thank you, Mark. And check out our podcast at savetheclassroom.com. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.